Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we hammer out topics offered by our community. And the topic today comes to us from my TikTok page from a user named Lo-Fi Library. Lo-Fi Library asks, what are some fantasy settings you'd like to see more of? That's a great question. I love it. I love that too. Uh, and I've got some settings I really want to see more of, for sure. Yeah, fantasy was definitely in a bit of a Western European medieval rut for a few decades there. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love that stuff, you know, I, I grew up with it. It's a part of what I've come to love about the genre. That setting is by no means the limit of what we can read or what people can write. And we're certainly seeing that sentiment reflected in a lot of contemporary stuff that's been coming out. But we can always get more. I mean, anyone who's listened to more than five minutes of me talk probably could guess my first one, but I'm going to say it. Uh, nautical fantasy. I just want to see ocean pirates sailing, awesome knots, swashbuckling <laughs> awesome <knots>. fantasy. <laughs> yeah, good knots, man. I'm such a knot guy. I literally have a, a knot thing tied to my microphone right now. It's a little quarter rope. <laughs> practice my knots you know? if you're out there on the lake or the ocean or something you don't want to forget how to do your knots you know you got to get it right so a good knot awesome there's so much freedom that comes with, in my mind to the idea of sailing like you don't need an engine you just have the wind and you can go anywhere that you want and it's all on your own laurels you don't have to depend on anyone or anything you're just out there on your own things always go wrong like even on a good day things go wrong so you're constantly faced with these situations where you have to fix something like take apart a lesser important piece of the boat to make a more important piece work because you were an idiot and dropped some of it into the ocean or whatever and then in the fantasy world there's like so many cool realms that they can go to like underworld peoples and like merfolk and the mysterious like leviathons of the deep like oh i love that stuff yeah, I feel like I've I've kind of almost exhausted all of the nautical fantasy that I could find. Except I think there's a series called uh, The Bone Ships by R.J. Barker Ooh. that I've been really meaning to get to. And um, I think you might like that, uh, but I the haven't bone read Bone Ships, dude, I love your memory. I'm so jealous of your memory. It's so good. <laughs> like, oh, this one by this. I've never even read it, but you know the names of the books, the author, The Bone Ships. Yeah, yeah. The first book is just called The Bone Ships. And if I, if awesome. my if my memory serves correctly, I think it's like about like a group of people that kind of patrols the the sea around like this city. I, I think that's like loosely what it is, and it sounds really exciting mm. for sure. Yeah, that's uh that sounds really exciting. And like you know me, I like my large scale warfare. Add in an ocean, and it's even twice as cool. Just like these boats hitting each other and magical fire and ugh. I love that stuff so much. Yeah, I feel like there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. I, maybe one of the reasons, like, I mean, because I tried writing, um, and I'm still in the process. I'm, I'm, I'm working on some nautical fantasy right now. Ooh. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. And it's taken me a long time, and it, and it is rough because so much of it is in one spot. Like, you're on a boat. Right? So it's like you're kind but of... the boat moves. Totally. Exactly. And that's like where a lot of, you know, that's the conclusion that I came to as well. It's like you're going to end up in all kinds of different spots. But like mm -hmm. there is still that element of everybody's kind of in one spot. And there's a lot you can do with it. But I can see why it's like kind of difficult. Like even in um, the second book in the Gentleman Bastards series, 
um, mm-hmm. red 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 seas under red skies. There is kind of a lull with that when, and I'm, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but it is like they're just they're kind of on a boat for a while. They're just chilling. Um, yeah. So seeing some, I feel like you'd have to really kind of like uh, exercise your imagination there and have just wild stuff happening out in the ocean and there's a lot of opportunity for it i mean oceans are uh spooky <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there i feel like you don't have to reach that far to make exciting things happen because you could go you know, right off the bat you got pirates and monsters right and then you could go like crazy merfolk that's super rare that no one knows um or like a little isle that only appears in the mist and whatever there's a little hut on it and you encounter some magical being that offers you some challenge or something and then um in addition to that, like it's, it's kind of hard sometimes on land to make weather a problem, like an exciting one anyway. You're on land. <laughs> but yeah, because you're on land. It's like, whatever. Like just go inside. inside. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, go into a forest or something. But on the water, it's yeah. like a big deal. Like 100 foot swells. You're careening down these troughs of water. The boat's going like 40 knots, just like going downhill before it crashes into the next one. It can flip over. It can roll. And then you got like starvation, you need fresh water. So you can do all sorts of cool stuff there, I think. That's a good one. Totally. Yeah, I, uh, I would love that. You you make it happen for me, Evan. Right <laughs> I'm working me. on it. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> what's, uh, what's a setting that you would like to see more of? I want to see more modern settings. And I don't Ooh, necessarily okay. mean modern in... I think modern and urban gets really really mixed up there sometimes what i mean by modern is kind of like with the Greenbone saga like i mean that was like mm-hmm. fair, fairly urban too but they all, they had cars and phones right you know i mean it was 1950s right like having fantasy elements like a magic system and like even down to different factions and fantastical creatures and things like that but with the elements that can influence the story in different ways Right, like seeing characters in a fantasy setting utilizing the same infrastructure and technology that I'm already familiar with, but in a wildly different way. Like, let's see more of that stuff. Like, even I mean, like fantasy with uh, something akin to the internet. Ooh. You know, like, or you know what I mean, or or like artificial intelligence, like like golems and things like that. Right. Imagine sweet like internet spells. Like you could just cast a spell and like beam through the internet to a place, yeah. you know, like use the internet for your magic. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, uh there's a lot of there's a lot of like weird uh, miscommunication tropes in fantasy um that aren't necessarily bad, but um I like I really liked it in Greenbone where people were able to call each other. That was really cool. It was a nice little addition and it sped things along really well. One thing um that books tend to do is they'll be like okay we either have to have technology or magic and lots of times it's so much that point that when you get more technology the magic becomes like un incapable of being even used there's like less magic in the world the more that we turn towards technology it's like it was nice in greenbone to have them use guns it's funny because i feel like with if you've got modern technology it almost gets kind of like pushed into science fiction it's kind of like i said before i mean I feel like fantasy doesn't have to just be swords. Fantasy doesn't have to be horses. We can move past that and still keep what like ep- epic high fantasy still is. Yeah, you know, something that does a really good job of that is the Final Fantasy series. You know, like you're like riding in airships and there's kind of phones and there's fast cars and stuff. They're all a little different and a lot of them are 
fueled by magic or like there's some magical crystal um but i mean you know the dilithium crystal is basically a magical crystal you know yeah that's what i'm talking about totally or like maybe like there's like a um it's like a replacement kind of thing like the crystal in uh in final fantasy where it's instead of gasoline for their cars right. they're using like this this kind of like weird magical uh like liquid that they found underground that's like the source is like something else that's really magical or some and then there's like this conflict over it or you know what i mean like we yeah. can have all these elements but keep all of the other things that make the the fantasy books that we really love what, what makes them so lovable now dragons yeah, we could. I mean, why not have dragons and cell phones in the same? Yeah, in the same. Dude, book? my airship is under assault by a flock of dragons. They fly by flocks. I don't yeah. know, but a flock a, of dragons. A, a legion. <laughs> a, ooh, that's way better. They should be called that. <laughs> oh, what's another one of yours? I really like, and I've only read a few of books like this, but underground fantasy, cave fantasy, caves. Yeah, this okay. setting is so savage like it's so raw and just like it's really primal a lot i don't know for some reason it's just like evil like i don't know if you've ever been deep in a cave but there's something just spookville about it yeah i went to i can't remember what the name of the caves were but i went somewhere in texas i wasn't prepared for how dark it was it's so silly to say that like right i mean <laughs> because you've been in dark places but nothing is dark like a cave nothing not like it that is dark. it is actual like nothing you right oh man and it makes other darkness seem light it's so weird it's such a it's so off-putting to be actually down deep into a cave one of my favorite things to do in a cave is actually turn off my lights and just sit there because your eyes freak out your brain has no input and it's really used to having some and so it starts making stuff up and before you know what you're like kind of seeing stuff like you're not at all but you are you're seeing like these weird like fractal like rainbow pattern it's just odd it's very weird what if there was some kind of like magic system that utilized like total darkness Ooh. or something like that right yeah I that'd like be that yeah. yeah that would be and and just like um the the kind of sprawling nature of caves the way that they they're kind of like anthill type uh, you're a big fan of those um the first three dritz books yeah right? the like, dark elf trilogy uh-huh those are all underground, right? I haven't read those yeah. ones. They're they're honestly probably the best three. They're they're definitely the best first and the first one is really good. The second one's really good. The third one's pretty good. Of the all of like 80 Dritz books or whatever, they're in the top five. There's like a mystery that comes with caves and like, oh man, I really like it. The the whole idea of the sun never being in the book, that's cool. Because this I mean, yep. you know, you don't really think about it, but Sunlight is described in probably 99.9% of fantasy books at some point. So to have that entire element of any kind of night-day cycle, yeah, that would be really cool. Right. And then all your creatures, they've adapted over time. So you get people, you get creatures and uh, monsters that are seeing in different spectrums, uh, you know, like the heat, the thermal spectrum. And so all of a sudden now people are like tracking animals or the animals are tracking them based off like their heat signature and the bouncing of the sound you know you get really good at reading the sound um vibrations as they bounce around caves and and that whole like three-dimensional where there's like up down side to side anywhere um it's just very cool i like uh you know like what's around the next turn in the cave oh like an acid lake and there's a creature in here you know? <laughs>
Yeah, I feel like caves have been kind of relegated, with the exception of maybe a few different fantasy books, uh, relegated to horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. It's, they are very horrifying. But you could have that horror element in a high fantasy book. It'd be cool to have, because I know that, um, like, the, the Dark Elf trilogy, there is, isn't, didn't he model it after um, The Godfather or something like that? Where he had all these different factions and, and there was like a whole city down there, right? Yeah, well, I don't know if he modeled after the Godfather, but that he very well might have. Um, but yeah, there's huge cities down there of like you know eighty thousand dark elves and Menzo Baranzan, um, and it's just, it's ma- majestic. And you like go open into this huge chamber, and they've carved all of the stalactites and stalagmites uh, into their houses, and they're huge. You know, they're like cathedral side formations on the ceiling and the floor, and some of them connect into these huge pillars basically that they've carved their homes out of and then they run like these really light um like magical uh, like lights basically up the sides of them so the whole city is like faintly glowing and all these like dark elf shapes you know most of them are spider related because they're all <laughs> uh they're all worshiping Lolth the the spider queen but uh, not not a happy place but a beautiful place I feel like if if I was writing something like that with with caves, uh, I would I would either base my magic system off of darkness or the depth to which you were underground. Like maybe the magic Ooh. system got stronger the lower down you went for some reason. Like yeah, that would be like really interesting. Yeah, like you're closer to the source or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. And like think uh-huh. of all the things that you'd be able to discover down there. I'm picturing like Blackreach from Skyrim. You know, you always oh, end yeah, up in yeah, Blackreach. Uh-huh. <laughs> always there's a dragon in black reach really yeah yeah if you if you shout at the the giant chandelier in, and we're talking about skyrim everybody <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah like like imagine in a fantasy story like a like some kind of there's like a giant creature down there oh there's so much opportunity that's such yeah, a good that's such so a good much, one like sleeping stuff thank you and i feel like i mean both of mine kind of have to do with exploration you know i really like the exploratory factor of you know like what going a place where no one's gone before what's on that island you know that both the nautical and the cave kind of have that exploratory adventure aspect and i think that is something i just get it off to nice i like that one yeah what's your next one okay so I, i'm i'm proud of this one swampland yes yeah I want swamps. I want I want like an entire like trilogy or a series of books to take place just in swampland. It's such a dangerous setting and has so much potential for creatures that could be way different than what we're used to. And I know that like like the Witcher has kind of like touched on it. There's different things that there a swamp is always something that you have to get through to get to something else in fantasy. You know what I mean? Yes. It's always like yes. And it's funny because it's it's always every time I've ever read something where now they're in a swamp, it's so cool. So like why not have so cool. the whole book or the whole series take place right. in something like that? You know, you've got these wildly different trees and weather patterns and like heat or cold or or whatever and obviously there's always something lurking under that swampy <laughs> water. I'm always excited whenever there's even a swamp mentioned in a fantasy book and I want to see it. The way that people would have to adapt to living in a setting like that it would change 
politics. It would change everything. Like imagine trying to fight like some giant battle in a swamp. Oh my like the God. way that you'd have, have to change. I've never heard a big battle in a swamp. You'd have to change the way that your soldiers were equipped. You'd have to change the weaponry. You'd have to change formations. It it would all be different all the time. And then you could have some wild. Uh, like like storm system or or weather event yeah. that, or like flooding or maybe they're maybe you're trying to get somewhere but the swamp is like so unmanageable that it's Dense. always just like this other part of the story that the characters constantly have to deal with and it's like we all know what a swamp looks like we all kind of have that in our heads so i feel like a lot of the work is almost done for you in that sense totally. like yeah that's that's definitely you I'm, should I'm, be proud of that one that's a good you. one maybe i'll write it <laughs> You should. I. Uh, it's funny you should mention Swamp because I've been to New Orleans a few times and it's always right there next to the bayou. And I feel I feel it calling. I feel I felt it calling to yeah. me. I was like, I could be a swamp person just like shirtless <laughs> yeah. for a year and just pulling around on a little raft, have like a little hut that's just like a little room. It's like built into these like trees that not any of them would support my weight, except all of them support my whole house, you know? That'd be really, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this podcast because if I don't write it, hopefully someone listening someone will. Does. And I would definitely <laughs> read. Like, can you imagine if, if like some really popular, if, if, if some really popular author was just like the next series I'm writing, it's all in swamps. It's going to be swamp. Yeah. I'd be so, I'd go buy it the day it came out. Be so Me excited too. about and it. Like, you can add in dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are in swamps. Like yeah. they're swamp creatures. Swamp dragons. Swamp dragons. <laughs> Dude, giant like water leviathons yeah like giant uh dragon-sized beavers yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna round this episode out but like you, you can't discount how important the setting is in these mm-hmm. kinds of stories like the aspects of of these wildly different environments they always have consequences to what's going on in the book and I'm so excited to see you know, a lot of different authors start to divert from the fields and horses and forests and swords <laughs> and not that those things aren't good. I'll pick that up any day. I I don't think I'll ever get sick of it to be honest. No, like we live like, there. Yeah, if somebody right now uh like an author that I really like like right now was just like, "All right, we're doing we're doing dwarves and elves and there's a there's coming a, of age. Yeah, coming of age hero's journey where someone's got to go get a, a magic rock and throw it into an an ice flow or something. Like I'll read it. Lots like, of I, running and hiding. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, you know, I I don't I, I don't want that to go away, but it doesn't need to be the standard anymore. It absolutely doesn't. There shouldn't be a standard. We don't need a box to put all our stories into. You know, even uh, like the way of kings, we kind of got a little bit of that. Right. With like the shattered lands that they're all fighting on, you know, and they have to have it just added that extra element where there's now the bridge runners and they have to like hold on to the bridge and because they have to get across these chasms. And then there's like the whole different land at the bottom of the chasms. And that was just added a cool little spicy element into his story, switched it up. Yeah, I think the reason that Stormlight is so cool is because Sanderson was able to kind of marry a lot of those different elements together. So he took you know, like with the shard plate and swords and things like that, that does um, kind of it has that kind of medieval like swords and armor kind of thing. But he yeah. put this cool twist on it. And I think if we're going to talk about Stormlight, I think the, the important thing for me, at least, is that those particular books are 
incredibly vivid i feel i feel very very immersed when i'm reading those it's also crustacean yeah. and everything's all wet and yeah and, and everything's made of like shells and and i think that one of the reasons why it's so vivid is because it's different like it's because like i i i am able to latch on to those differences in comparison to the other things that i'm so familiar with like um if the party is in a forest this is like the 500th forest that I've been in. Like uh, <laughs> in, in Empire of the Vampire uh, by Jay Kristoff, uh, part of the setting is that because the sun is no longer uh, part of the equation in this world, everything is like mushrooms. They go through like a literal like giant mushroom forest. Cool. That particular part was just so vivid to me because it wasn't just like trees and pine cones and this dirt path and you know that's cool but giant mushrooms there we go that's that's what i you know like so yeah i mean if you're an author uh listening right now uh you know chad these are shorter episodes and chad and i just had a few ideas but um yeah i'm excited to see what the future of fantasy holds in the sense that you know while we will carry a lot of these kind of tropes with us uh as we go forward like the the new stuff is starting to become a lot more prevalent and I'm really excited to see it. Same. I, uh, I love seeing, you know, I'm a big fan of the classics and I love the classic setting and the classic characters and the classic arcs, but with the twist, man, there's starting to be some really creative stuff out there. And as with the whole invent of independent off or uh, independent publishing and those people actually, some people having success, it's kind of showing some of the really big players out there publishing companies like oh these books that are different are able to get really big and so thank you to all the people who have been leading the charge and just like was willing to risk it to to get the biscuit and uh, <laughs> do something a little different you know because it's showing everyone that we all we actually do like it we will buy it and it's awesome yeah show them with your wallet folks yeah exactly all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Friday Forge. And thank you to Lo-Fi Library for the excellent question. Yeah, I've got, I've probably got, if, if I had time to think about it, I'd probably think of 10 more <laughs> different settings oh, yeah. that I want to see. But <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of the ones that I picked. I like those a lot. And I like I yours like a lot too. too, Chad. Thank you. We'd appreciate you to show your support also with your wallets by clicking on the link below in the description for our Patreon. And if you'd like to join the discussion, you can hit up our Discord. There's a really great community there. And we have a special tab on the side there for the Friday Forge. If you wanted to ask us a question, we'll look it over and uh, turn it into an episode if we feel like we really want to. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Happy reading. Bye, everybody.